sauces and it is in government conspiracies. But I've seen none of the above. If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles. Lose my little mind. Welcome along to episode three of X Files Talk X Files. The only podcast which is recorded due to Deep Throat's insistence while all participants are treading water. Don't stop swimming. I'm your host David Harwood and joining me again tonight I have Tiffany Duvall from xfilesnews.com. Thank you for coming along Tiffany. Thank you for having me here. Before we get into the episode discussion today, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping to do. Uh, for the first two episodes, I neglected to thank uh, Eamon Ambrose, who is the creator of the song that you hear for the intro and outro for the podcast. It's a song called I Want to Believe, which is a tribute to X-Files, and it dates back several years now. Um, you know, at some point while the show was actually still on the air, uh, on all of the old, probably the Yahoo uh, X-Files discussion groups, somewhere along there I picked up the song and uh, always really liked it and I reached out to Eamon recently to ask if we could use a sample of it for our show and he was completely willing and very enthusiastic about it. Uh, if you go to xfilestalkxfiles.com you can actually see a video there with the entire song so I urge you to go ahead and check that out. And uh, also, since we uh, recorded last, it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, we're actually recording now on uh, Wednesday, the 13th of May. So the first episode has been up for a few days. It's just been announced on Facebook and Twitter. Um, But a couple of days ago, we got some more news about the upcoming X-Files revival. So Tiffany, I'll hand over to you for that. Sure, sure. We have we have a lot of, of new news for this week. So for those of you that um, either you know don't know or just hearing it for the first time or even hearing it again, we have a confirmed air date now for the X Files revival. It is going to air on January twenty fourth, uh, which of course is in twenty sixteen. The premiere episode is going to be broadcast after the NFC Championship game. The second episode will then air on Monday, January 25th. So again, the confirmed air date for the very first episode is going to be on Sunday, January 24th, uh, to be followed the very next night uh, with the second episode on January 25th at 8 p.m. So remaining episodes, of course, will air on Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. So that's big, big news. That's, you know, we've all, of course, been waiting for an air date. We know that... Production starts on June 8th up in Vancouver. So, um, you know, that that gives them some time to get everything filmed. And, of co- course, you know, post-production finished up before, before getting these episodes on the air. So um, that's the biggest news. The next news, of course, I don't know that everyone is aware of. But uh, we have some information about the episodes in terms of writing and directing. Uh, Glenn Morgan is going to be writing episode two. Darren Morgan is going to be writing episode three. Also, according to uh, TV Line, James Wong, Darren Morgan, and Glenn Morgan are not only all going to write, they are also going to direct an episode each. So that's some really cool news. And, of course, Glenn Morgan is also serving as executive producer, which, of course, we I think we may have reported that last time. So... Uh, also, the very first episode, everybody will be interested to know, episode one is going to be written by Chris Carter, and actually his wife, uh, Dory Carter, was involved with some of the story notes for that. 
some other very interesting news. Uh, of course, Julian Anderson's daughter, Piper Anderson Klotz, is all grown up now. And she's actually going to be working in the art department on this shoot up in Vancouver. As if we don't so, all feel old enough already. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, she started as a little bitty baby on the show and now she's going to be working on it. So I, I personally thought that was some really cool, very cool news. And of course, she's uh, an art student. So, I mean, it makes complete sense that that would be something she would be wanting to do. Uh, so, and also, of course, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson, we have now found out they are going to be uh, basically in all six episodes. So we're not going to have one that's not going to feature the both of them. So that's that's the big, big news for, for this week. Of course, not including the uh, craziness that went on last night with David's, uh, his first concert really for his new album uh come hell or high water so uh let's see let me just open that up to let's see hell or high water of course is the album name uh he's got quite a bit of songs on this album i think fans would be interested to know that david and company actually wrote all of these songs so this isn't a situation where, you know, someone kind of wrote them for him and he just started singing them. He actually wrote these songs to sing. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and one of them, uh, actually the album is on iTunes. It's also, I don't know if everyone outside of the United States gets this, but Spotify, uh, of course, inside the United States, the entire album is actually available on Spotify. It is. I was it listening is. to some of it today yeah. and for the first five or six tracks, it didn't even sound like him. It's, you know, it's so funny because when I first heard it, I was shocked. Not because, you know, David Company was singing, just because it just, you know, you listen to someone for so long and you feel like you know maybe what they would sound like singing. And his singing voice is not at all what I expected. No. Uh, and not in a bad way. Just I was blown away by how completely different it was. It sounded, like a, it sounded like a very established, older country musician that, that sort of voice you know yeah i really did and what was so funny is you know, of course the title track hell or high water uh is the one that everybody i think is used to but i was listening to the song stars and the very first line is is basically right out of the x-files really uh, <laughs> yeah i i was listening to it and it just blew me away he's talking about you know starlight uh, coming from you know millions of miles away, and how it's 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 just crazy. Everybody has to listen to the song because the second that I heard the lyrics, I thought, oh my god, I know where this is from. Yeah, it's like so. the perfect sort of intro to a teaser. Yeah, yeah, it was super cool. Super, awesome, super cool. So, and of course, he was on stage singing last night, and I think that uh, fans were definitely not prepared for what happened next, which is Gillian <laughs> Anderson jumping on stage with him, and, you know, she's not only is she singing, she's banging a tambourine and dancing. It's awesome. It, it's just, like, it's, it's so funny because I had people tweeting us at X-Files News this morning going, did that really happen? Did, did May 12th <laughs> actually occur? I, I think people were just so excited that they, they seem to be having a really good time, and she came out to support him, and, you know, it was a big, big night for him. He was singing uh, at New York's Cutting Room, so, you know, she kind of showed up, and they all had a bunch of fun, so. I think they're all definitely excited to get back to work. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. 
And you have some videos of this uh, concert from last night on xfilesnews.com? We do. Uh, one of our staff members, we had several staff actually in the audience. It's funny, when things like this come up, we uh, oftentimes will have people begging us to go and cover it. You know, they're like, I, you know, of course, staff members of ours are like, I want to do it, I want to do it, I want to do it. And sometimes we get, you know, two, three, four, sometimes five people from XFN going to the same event. Uh, so last night we had quite a few people in the audience. So we, we had a team taking photos and video and they were having an absolute blast. And one of our, our main camera uh, took some remarkable HD footage of this last night, and then the Wi-Fi could not support the upload. Uh, so last night we were scrambling to get raw footage from another staff member of ours who was in the audience who had taken uh, video on her phone, and so she actually got hers uploaded, and that video has gone viral. Uh, so it's been all over. I mean, it was on BuzzFeed. It's been on Huffington Post today. Time. Wow. I just saw a link to Time has a link to it. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's being shared everywhere. That's fantastic. Uh, and we have even more beautiful video that's currently being uploaded to XFN right now. So within the next few hours on into tomorrow, we're going to have some amazing photos and video from last night's event. So Great, great. Yeah. Fun times. It is. It really is an exciting time to be a fan of the X-Files right now. It is. It really is. It's so cool to see all the positive uh, promotion, too. Everybody's kind of excited about it. And, you know, there's not really a lot of bitterness or, um, you know, rivalry. I think everybody's just kind of pushing for the show, not just from the fans. But I, I've honestly been impressed with the uh, journalism in the, in the last 24 hours with running the story about them getting on stage. Everybody's kind of, you know, poking fun at the relationship thing, but I think in good humor. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, I mean, publicity is great, for, especially for a show that has been off the air since 2002. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I think everybody is, is happy to see it back. Well, I know I am. Let's, um, is there any other news or were you ready No, to... that was it. That okay. was a very long news segment. <laughs> it was, but there's so, so much sorry. stuff that's actually going on. It's not just, okay, yes, the, the, the show has been announced. This is the date. This is right in it. There's all this other stuff going on around yeah. it right now. And So much. There's going to be, next week, I'm sure I'm going to have a list almost as long. There's, you know, there's definitely a resurgence day. of X-Files yes. related stuff going on. It's fantastic. Definitely. Okay, let's get into uh, the episodes for tonight. Uh, we're going to discuss, discuss the final eight episodes from the first season. We have EBE, Miracle Man, Shapes, Darkness Falls, Tombs, Born Again, Roland, and the Earl and Meyer Flask. Uh, not necessarily going to touch on each and every one of those. Um, so let's first of all just talk about that, that final third of the first season. Mm -hmm. I think by this point, you know, the showrunners were pretty much comfortable in terms of what they wanted the show to be. Um, you know, the relationship between Mulder and Scully had settled down a little bit. We knew a bit of backstory on both of them by this point. You know, they were already starting to develop that codependency. And this final third, it's interesting that it's, um, it's bookended by two of the uh, mythology episodes from the first season. We have, you know, EBE and Erlenmeyer Flask, where Deep Throat in particular is a, a big... Uh, uh, factor in both of those episodes mm -hmm. um where do you want to start tiffany 
Um, you know, we we can probably start with EBE. Um, it's so funny. I, I always pick these because I, I have favorites. And not as... I mean, I, I like all the episodes, but I certainly have favorite episodes kind of in between. And for EAB... Or, sorry, EBE, one of the best parts of the episode, I think, is Scully meets the lone gunman. And I thought that was just awesome because of course you know she's meeting them and then you've got Frohickey taking her picture and he's talking about how she's hot and then you know they they go on this conversation about the government and she's very disbelieving that the government could be as evil as these guys claim you know I mean she's kind of like you know they're a couple of you know UFO nuts and whatnot and you know the government surely isn't smart enough to do everything that you know they claim they're doing and, you know, Byers makes an interesting argument where he's talking to her about, no, no, it's not, we're not talking about, like, elected congressional figures. We're talking about in, more insidious people that are behind the government. You know, it's kind of the beginning of the shadow government that starts to kind of take hold in the series. And, you know, of course, they ask for a $20 bill, which she hands to them, and then they proceed to rip it up and pull the magnetic strip out. And it's hilarious to me because I never, since that time, every time I have a bill, I'm always like, you know, when I'm going to go pay with cash, I'm always kind of like holding it up going, is, you know, where, where's the strip in this bill? Um, so it's, I don't know, it's, it's got a lot of cool things in this episode. Um, I think Scully meeting the gunman and kind of learning how, um, really how dark this government is that she's actually working for. Uh, you know, she's very naive, I think, when it comes to her role in the FBI. You know, she, she's there to solve crime and she's there to kind of, you know, work for her country and being faced with something like, you know, the people she's working for are really not the altruistic kind of institution that maybe she hoped it would be is quite interesting to me yeah uh, ebe i think you know there's one of my favorite episodes from season one Rewatching it again fairly recently i felt like the story itself plot wise wasn't as strong as i remembered it but in terms of just the texture and the tone mm -hmm. of the show it's really great in terms of the whole conspiracy and the um just the the sort of Watergate era kind of uh, feeling that the whole the whole the whole vibe of the episode has and um, you know I remember them saying that this was an episode that they came out and they just wanted to write something for the fans and whether that's just the fans of X-Files or also fans of you know alien conspiracy sort of stuff in general you know they certainly covered all of those bases and you know in, even introducing, you know, the conspiracy nuts, the lone gunman who went on to become fan favorites. Um, there's a lot there for people to sink their teeth into. And, you know, definitely, even if it's not actually the strongest episode, there's a lot there to keep people going back to it and keep it on, on the favorites list. Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's, you know, her meeting the gunman for the first time and kind of starting to realize what it is she's kind of gotten into. Uh, and then it has, you know for as far as the relationship it has one of the most kind of uh profound bits of dialogue that is used in uh, i gotta say almost every good fan vid i've ever seen um and it's where 
of course, you know, there's the one line where they realize they're being bugged and she, you know, says to him, you know, we work for the Federal Bureau of Investigation and we're being bugged. What does that tell you? You know, and they go on into this conversation about trust and she eventually confesses uh, that he's the only one she trusts. So you start to see the relationship kind of build from this and when they're back at her apartment and they're looking at the photograph, you know, she's got a magnifying glass to it and she's telling him that it's fake. And he's not kind of willing to believe in her assessment. He still thinks that what he's trying to investigate is real. And you know, he gets angry and he starts to get up to leave. And she she begs him. She says, please, you know, listen to me. And then she has one of the most amazing quotes that her character, of course, she has great quotes throughout the series, but this is one of the first really kind of profound Dana Scully quotes and she says I have never met anyone so passionate and dedicated to a belief as you it's so intense that sometimes it's blinding and that is I mean kind of a hallmark moment for them that's going to continue on and propel them through the rest of season one and then beyond uh, and it's so funny because I every time I hear her say it in the episode and you know in a fan vid in particular, of course, with you know, music and everything else, it is just as profound now as it was in 1993. Uh, it's just, it's, you know, so from that perspective, EBE is, you know, it's, it's got issues in several places, but the, you know, kind of springboard for that relationship is definitely not one of them. Well, and talking about dialogue in that episode as well, the stuff that they wrote for, uh, for, De- for Jerry Harding, Deep Road. Yes is just awesome. Yeah, the, the two big standout scenes, you know, in, in front of the uh, shark tank. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the bit at the end where Mulder's going in to try and see the body, but it's already yeah. disappeared. Both of those scenes, he just has some absolute crackers, yes. uh, some standout lines there yeah. about the whole one. He, um, he does. Well, of course, the shark scene that just keeps swimming. And then uh, probably what's so cool about the end of that episode is that... Uh, you know, Mulder really kind of has his confidence shaken. He was so sure in Deep Throat and so sure that Deep Throat would not lie to him. And then he realizes that he's been lied to. And I think that, you know, of course, Scully has been questioning Deep Throat kind of all along, but that's that's kind of her job. I mean, she's a skeptic. She's supposed to be, you know, the scientific one, the one that's kind of keeping him on task. And I think in the end of that, when he realizes that, you know, this person that he's given these mythical kind of um, characteristics to has lied to him, that that really shakes him. So. Well, a lie is most convincingly hidden between two truths. Between two truths. Yes. So, okay. Let's, uh, I think we've covered EBE pretty good there. Mm -hmm. Um, Miracle Man, do you have anything to say about that one in Um, particular or? It's, it's not one of my favorites. I think it's an okay episode. You know, Scully explores her faith a bit, which is interesting in that she's decidedly less skeptical about it than anything else. Um, You know, it's it's got some okay parts here and there, but definitely not, um, you know, not one that I would, would, I don't know, I guess spend a ton of time talking about, unless you, of course, have something. No, uh, no, I mean, it's definitely, you know, a different milieu than they've explored in other episodes mm-hmm. up till this point and of course it's uh, no- notable as well for having uh, Scott Be- is it Bearstow or Byerstow as um, Samuel who's the the kid who can uh, heal people who went on to become then the lead in Chris Carter's uh, third show or fourth show Harsh, Harsh Realm mm-hmm. um, 
but yeah, beyond that, there's not really that much to say about that episode. And I think that um, when we get to Revelations in season three, yes, I think that that's you know the the one that really deals with religion, which is, is yeah. really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Revelations is definitely one that yeah, I could when we get there, I could talk a lot about that one. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> Okay, so let's go on to shapes. Shapes. What are your thoughts on shapes? I'll, um, I'll let you go first on this one. Okay. Uh, shapes. Hmm. One thing, of course, that, that shapes tells us is we learned that the X-Files was originally started by J. Edgar Hoover. And that it kind of stems from the murders done by, you know, a, a man, a vicious animal. It's kind of unclear. And, you know, Mulder talks about... Lewis and Clark expeditions and how, you know, they wrote of Native American men who could change into wolves. So that that part of it's interesting. Um, Shapes to me as a monster of the week. It's okay. It's not my favorite. Again, this is still season one. It's still early, um, you know, in terms of, of some of the monsters. But I think having, you know, tombs coming close after it and, of course, squeeze kind of towards the beginning of season one, it... It's not, like, way up there in my top, you know, I don't know, top 20 Monster of the Weeks. Yeah, in, in preparing for the podcast, you know, I was looking back at, um, you know, what, what other people have got to say about certain episodes. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of, not necessarily negativity, but a lot of uh, people out there who are sort of saying, you know, pointing out the weaknesses of shapes that... Um, you know, it's not a creative monster. It's drawing very heavily on the werewolf mythos, even if they don't specifically say werewolf at all during the episode. Yeah. And that it's pretty by the numbers in terms of A happens, then B happens, then C happens. Right. There's not a lot of red herrings in there to keep you guessing at all. But personally, I I have a really soft spot for shapes. I really like it. It's the kind of episode, you know, yes, it's more of a stock sort of horror story, than a typical X-File would be, but it's the sort mm-hmm. of episode where you can turn the lights off, sit in the dark, turn the TV up, and, and just indulge in it. And, yeah, that's um, true. I think part of the reason for that for me personally is it's actually one of the very first episodes that I ever saw. And I was trying to think back, you know, what other episodes that I saw when uh-huh. I first came to the show. Because I came in, must have been between season three and season four. Mm-hmm. So I probably caught like a series of repeats from maybe episodes that are you know ranked that had um, rated pretty highly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you know, Shapes was definitely one of the very first episodes I saw, um, and then going into Talifikumi and Haranvalk. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's just because it was one of the first episodes I saw. It's, you know, interesting. It holds your interest. It has the whole werewolf thing, which everybody knows, but it's again in a in a unique setting, dealing with the whole Native American myth of the um, sure. of the Manitou. Um, Which I think helped it, really. Um, for And, and the, of course, the episode, I think, struggled a bit. But I think tying it into Native American mythology, I feel like, helped it a lot. Yeah, and, and X-Files d- typically doesn't do anything so on the nose as a straightforward vampire story or a straightforward mm-hmm. werewolf story. They always put a, their own sort of twist on it. So I think that they're excused and... I like it. I like it. So if you don't like shapes, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's great about, you know, we, we're fans of 
a series that has 202 episodes and two feature films so far. So I feel like there's something for everyone. And, you know, I'm sure there are fans out there like, you know, uh, Abby, that really love episodes like Space. And that's okay, <laughs> you know? I mean, to each their own. She's not <laughs> even here to defend herself. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. She'll hear this later. I'll, I'll hear all about it. That's okay. I still want us to get some of those Dude We Are Not These People shirts. Uh, we really need to make those. That was so perfect. It really was. Because, you know, in a way, we really are these people. Uh, but then every now and then something stumps us and we're just like, does anyone actually know all of this? I mean, obviously people do. I need to meet someone that knows all of those. <laughs> yes. You know? I feel like our um, our managing editor, Royley Olson, I feel like she would know it. So I kind of want to like go back and come up with some really hard ones. When we have her, when when she's on this podcast, you need to come up with really like ridiculous ones okay. because I feel like she would really blow Avi and I away. All right, we can do that. Yes. Okay. Darkness falls. Yeah. This is another episode which you know in reading about it again, uh, what. Uh, you know, the sort of consensus on it was some people, I guess the opinions are split. Some people really love it. Some mm-hmm. people just say it's a ripoff of ice in that it's a remote location. Mulder and Scully get pitted against each other, get stuck with these other people. They don't know if they can trust. Uh-huh. And at the end of the day, case is closed because all the evidence is destroyed. Yeah. I, you know, it's hard because I love ice. But I also love Darkness Falls. And I don't know if it's just because maybe it's more approachable because it doesn't happen in in Antarctica. So, like, for me, you know, I'm not really, like, scared of ice, per se, because I can't just, like, go wander around the Antarctic. But Darkness Falls takes place in a very realistic setting for me. In that I could be in the, a forest anywhere and there could actually maybe be bugs that could kill you. So I feel like uh, for connecting with a story, Darkness Falls maybe for me is a little easier to connect with in terms of frightening, being frightening. Certainly at 13, obviously, you know, now I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, really little green bugs that, you know, wrap you up in a cocoon. But, you know, as a teenager, I thought, you know, that that could be plausible that, you know. Well, it's, you know, Darkness Falls is that one of the most primal sort of fears is that fear yeah. of the dark. Yeah, you know, that's, exactly. That's what it draws on. And, you know, I've always been able to see, you know, ice and Darkness Falls, you know, to me, they were, you know, pretty similar in terms of, you know, the bottle bottle episode kind of concept, yes. but um, I never sort of thought of Darkness Falls less because of Ice, because that came first. Um, right. But it, it uh, does something that X-Files does well on a number of occasions. It makes us scared of what might be out there in the woods, the unknown that mm-hmm. in the woods, which is what, you know, classic fairy tales even do, Hansel and Gretel and stuff like that. And um, X-Files does it in season one, first of all, with the Jersey Devil. You know, you have this person out there in the woods and it's the unknown and it's scary. Same thing now with Darkness Falls, except this time it's even more remote and you have uh, these strange bugs that have been out there. Um, I don't think Alien is mentioned at all in this episode. The Mm -hmm. implication is that these are the earthbound natural creatures that are there and it's, you know, supposed to make you scared of um, things that could exist in nature. And um, 
Yeah, you know, a- I think it does a good job. I it's funny because uh, one of the best parts of the episode is them trying not to to break the only light bulb that they have. Uh, so you know, of course, they know by you know as the, the episode goes on that in the dark is when these things kind of start to swarm. And so when Scully thinks she's being attacked, she kind of flails around, and you know they grab the light bulb, and you realize, oh my God, that's that's their only that light bulb and that generator are the only things keeping them alive. And it seems so simple, um, you know, yet it, it's so dangerous. You, that that just these two things, if they lose one of them, they're gone. So, and of course, Mulder and Scully are trying to keep each other calm, and um, you know, Mulder probably doing a better job of keeping calm than Scully in this episode. So, and uh, just to all the fans out there who have got season one, um, the DVD box set, and it's I'm sure these clips are on YouTube somewhere, but uh, the behind the scenes footage for Darkness Falls with Julian uh, Anderson f- filleting her arms around uh, <laughs> without the CG bugs there. That and the dude in the orange suit for um, Fallen Angel, some of the best behind-the-scenes footage oh, yeah. from season one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go on to Tombs, which is okay. the sequel to Squeeze, which was the yes. third-ever episode of the show, the first uh, Monster of the Week non-alien slash mythology mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this episode, uh, Eugene Victor Tombs uh, has been in prison um, for attacking Scully, and he's going to be released because, unfortunately, nobody believes Mulder's theory that he's actually a hundred-plus old mutant that eats livers. Exactly. Yeah, they think he. They figure he's just you know mentally ill and attacked an FBI agent in her apartment, and you know. Somehow he may or may not have gone through her, uh, you know, vent. I'm not quite sure how that played into their decision to release him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, of course, they don't believe in the paranormal, so they're ready to let him go. I mean, he's he served some time at this point, and they're saying they don't really have any evidence to, to kind of keep him there. And so they're going to release him, and, of course, he winks kind of at Mulder as they're leaving the court, and... That kind of starts Mulder on his illegal stakeouts. Um, And Tombs is... is, Squeeze and Tombs are some of my favorite episodes anyway, just because the guest star is so amazing. And the thought of something being able to kind of come through your ventilation system. It's so funny. We talk about... Fans of the X-Files always talk about uh, certain things that they never look at the same again, and we uh, jokingly blame, you know, Chris Carter. Kind of like how everything now is like Obama's fault. Thanks, Obama. Um, everything is kind of for an X Files fan, jokingly Chris Carter's fault. So, you know, of course, porta potties, no one looks at the same anymore um, because of host. And now, you know, oh, Lord of, course, of the Flies. Yeah, yeah. So, in in things like Tombs and Squeeze, just you kind of. You know that nothing is going to come through your vent, but at the same time, there's that thought in the back of your head that, wow, that would really suck if something could fit through that vent. So, I don't know. It's a solid episode. It's, it's got some great, great interaction between Mulder and Scully. You know, of course, they're sitting in the car at the stakeout with their pine-scented air freshener, and you know, Scully brings Mulder a sandwich, which is just, you know, cute as ever. And um, jokes with him that it's liverwurst. So it's got some great 
banter kind of back and forth, and she's she's worried about him. I mean, apparently he's been up for three days. He's not sleeping. Uh, he's so concerned about catching this guy, and she's trying to convince him to go home to get some rest. She's worried that he's going to get sloppy and hurt himself, and so she convinces him to to let her stay, you know, on the stakeout. And we have, you know, one another one of these kind of relationship shipper lines where she says to him, you know, Mulder, I wouldn't put myself in the line for anybody but you. Because he's telling her, no, no, you know, I've got it. Uh, you'll be in trouble just sitting in the car with me. And she's kind of trying to explain to him that it's okay. She's, you know, she's got his back. Um, and then, of course, the the line comes in where he says, if there's an iced tea in that bag, could be love. And she... Has root beer. Yeah, she returns to him hilariously, must be fate molder. And the look on his face, he's like, oh, it's iced tea. Like, she loves me, you know? And then she says root beer. So it's just, it's such kind of quintessential them. And you're getting tastes of it and tastes of it as it goes through season one. And it's all kind of going to evolve into the people that they become. So it's cool, especially going back and revisiting these episodes to kind of look at it in a light uh, of where you know the ending, or at least the ending up until I want to believe. Oh, and of course, um, so there's certain episodes I could just talk forever about. Tombs is definitely one of them. Uh, but I'll just say one last thing. The shot of uh, them in the end when uh, Mulder, of course, is down underneath the escalator and Tombs is chasing him. And, you know, he reaches up and she grabs his hand. And that's a really powerful moment for her as a female character uh, you know, we always talk about, oh, these knight in shining armor and trying to protect the girl. And this is a situation where Scully, who is, of course, smaller than he is, uh, she, you know, she's female. It's, it's kind of, you know, he's the bigger male partner. And, you know, maybe some of the time he's kind of going in front. This is a situation where she puts her hand down there and grabs him and pulls him out to safety. Uh, and I think for little girls in 1993 watching that, that was really amazing to see. All right, let's go on. Let's talk about the next two episodes together. Uh, uh, yes, please. Born Again and Roland. Um, I kind of like Born Again um, for what it is. Not one of my yeah. favorite episodes. Um, well, it talks about reincarnation, which is cool. Yeah. And it's the creepy children tradition continuing um, from Eve. So that part of it's cool. And apparently I read something today or uh, last night that the uh, the girl who was playing the main character in Born Again was such a good actress, they could do all of her scenes in one take. So I'm not sure if she's actually a spooky kid or wow. if she's just a very good actress. That's kind of frightening now that you mentioned <laughs> it. Maybe it wasn't acting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the reason I want to talk about these two episodes together is they both deal with very similar theme of mm -hmm. uh, revenge from Beyond mm -hmm. the Grave, which is something that the first season of Exiles actually touches on quite a few times um, in Shadows initially, and mm -hmm. then in Lazarus um, to mm -hmm. an extent. Um, but then, of course, these two shows back to back, Born Again and Roland, you know, you have... Um, I've never really seen the show. So Born Again is a police detective who is um, who is uh, sort of stabbed in the back by his colleagues. He's reincarnated as a child, so about eight years later goes and gets revenge. Roland is a um, story of a scientist who's killed by his colleagues, and so he possesses his twin brother to go after them and get his revenge from beyond the mm -hmm. grave. So 
Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting that that's a storyline that is touched on quite a few times in this first mm-hmm. season. And um, I'm not sure if it's something that comes up again, really, throughout the course of the show, the whole idea of revenge beyond the grave. Yeah, I don't... Um, I think that the show kind of starts to take a different... Of course, there's still Monster of the Weeks after this, but I don't, I don't think they really focus too much on beyond the grave... Um, kind of vengeance after this no we have you know there's maybe a couple of ghost stories and you know a couple more reincarnation yeah. things but nothing of this kind of of this kind mm-hmm. of ilk um anything in particular to say about either of those episodes no not in particular i actually tried to watch bits of them again today i was trying to like kind of cram before you know this podcast exam uh so if your questions are about them i might not pass it but we'll, see. <laughs> <laughs> you know? well i watched born again in the ba- in the background the other day while i was doing something <laughs> else uh, but no I, I i didn't go back and rewatch roland i'm afraid so uh, that brings us up to the final episode of season yes. one the erlenmeyer flask Yes, which is, this episode is the springboard for what happens after this, which is super cool. Even though a lot of people actually thought that was going to be the last episode of the show ever, just because Mm -hmm. of how massive it was, everything that happened. Um, Deep Throat dying, the X-Files are shut down. Uh Uh-huh. you were there at the time. What do you remember of, of the experience of watching that on live um, TV? And what was that summer yeah. like? <laughs> it was, uh, it's so funny. You know, I was so, by that point, I had recently turned 14. So I was still very, very young. I didn't really know a lot about uh, television at the time. And so it, I didn't know, or I didn't watch it and think it was over. I mean, I kind of, I was so attached to Mulder and Scully at that point. I figured they were just going to go on forever. Um, and so I, I knew that they were coming back. So in my head, I knew there would be a season two. Um, but I remember thinking, uh, as kind of the episode progresses, uh, how just like a movie it was. I mean, it just, you know, it was so big and there was so much going on. And of course, you know, Mulder is taken and now you have Mulder who for the, you know, all of season one has kind of been the one talking to Deep Throat. And now you have Deep Throat approaching Scully and she's very distrustful of him. And he has to convince her um, that, you know, she has to make this exchange for Mulder's life. And so he gives her credentials and of course she has to break into Fort Marlene Um and that there's that shot, you know, of her and the alien fetus, and you're like, all this time she doesn't believe in any of this, and you don't realize, of course, at, that later she still is not believing. But at the time, she's holding an alien, you know, and it's like you've gone how many episodes, and she's literally holding an alien, face looking at it, you know. So um, that was just you're just like, oh my god, she's finally gonna get it you know she's fine and of course it she it takes her years after this but um you know and of course the exchange on the bridge where deep throat is shot and then he uh kind of lets out those famous last words of his which are you know in his dying breath he tells her to trust no one and um you of course Mulder is kind of pushed out of the van and and she's able to to save him I suppose and get him to where he needs to get medical attention uh, and then you know the very last scene or second to last scene, of course, is him calling to tell her that the X-Files have been shut down. And then at the very, very end, you've got the smoking man 
uh, of course, you know, later we all start calling him Cancer Man. You have him taking that fetus, the alien fetus, and putting it in the evidence room at the basement of the Pentagon, which, of course, mirrors the pilot. Yeah. Because of what he does at the end of the pilot where he's putting the implants in the evidence room. So it kind of brings it full circle. I can see where people would have thought that that was the end. But in my brain, I was kind of like, it can't ever end. So that was a long summer. Of I'm just, sure. In July of that year, uh, of course, the finale, I'm, I'm sure, was probably sometime in May. And then in July, uh, I think it was TV, I want to say it was TV Guide, uh, put out kind of an expose where Jillian and David visit the FBI. And so they get to go and they uh, get to go to the gun range and everything. And that's the article where it's announced that Jillian Anderson is pregnant. And I so I remember reading that going, um, so how's, how does that work? <laughs> how is how is that going to happen in season two? You know, so of course, then they have to carefully kind of hide everything. But I remember thinking, what in the world is going to happen now? And of course, her pregnancy uh, triggers probably one of the most amazing myth arcs ever in the history of television. Which we're going to talk about in our next episode, folks. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, you've said everything that I could possibly say about Earl of Flask, you know, I it's... Know. Um, I didn't really give you a chance. I kind of just rambled well, through. Yeah, I love the Earl of Flask. It's just one of those, you know, it's obviously one of the very early uh, mythology episodes, but it sets up so much. Um, sets Even just the sort of seeds of um, different scenes that are going to be sort of repeated later on mm-hmm. throughout the course of the show, you know, and it, it, it just mirrors back to the Earl of Flask. I'm thinking... Uh, in Illumai Flask, you have that scene where they go to visit the scientist and he has those cages full of monkeys. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking about that now and I can't help thinking uh, also about um, Biogenesis or Sixth Extinction <gasps> where they go yeah. to visit that scientist in a very similar sort of setup. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's just so much cool stuff in Illumai Flask. Lots of really cool visuals of the opening car chase of the car just sort of flying mm-hmm. over the, 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 uh, the hill there. And yeah. then, of course, you have the room with the tanks with the naked men in them and you know mm-hmm. that's going to be kind of repeated down the road um I, I, you have the green uh you you have the green droplets of blood i think is that one of the first this is the first time you have the green yeah. blood yes yeah it, it's not it doesn't corrode anybody's shoes like it no, does later on but on <laughs> uh, i guess it must have been that ca must have uh, yeah. neutralized it <laughs> guess so let's uh let's go on and do our little quiz then quiz time and um okay for those of you who listened to episode two um (laughs) you know that i did quite a lot of questions and set up an arbitrary time limit in which to try and get through as many of them as possible based on the success of that we're going to do it totally different (laughs) from here on out (laughs) what he means is the complete lack of success of that on our part, as in Avi and I, not knowing half the questions. I stand the questions. by the questions that I did. I do think some of them were a little too hard. I'll give you that. But um, I think, you know, just in terms of making it easier for me as well. And uh, what mm-hmm. we're going to do from now on is um, every t- every time I have a co-host on, whether it's one co-host or two or three, everybody's going to get five questions and we'll see who can do okay. best. And um, for you guys playing along at home as well, well, you, you know, there's going to be at least five questions each episode. Okay, I'm Tiffany, ready. So uh, question one, what does EBE stand for? 
Extraterrestrial biological entity. Correct. Okay, question two. In Miracle Man, what is Reverend Calvin Hartley's car's license plate? Uh, mir- is it Miracle Man? No. Do you want to have or- a couple more guesses? Miracles? <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with miracles. Well, it doesn't It doesn't contain miracles. Okay, Um. I, I pass. I don't remember this one. Okay, it's Be Healed. Ah, uh, yeah, I would never have done <laughs> I didn't think I would have either, so that was one of our... <laughs> that's probably the hardest one we have this week. Roy- Roy Lee probably would have gotten some, that. Yeah, I'm sure there's some people out there who would have got it. So, you know, you can tweet at us and say how stupid we are if you want. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, question three. In tombs, cigarette smoking man speaks for the first time. What is his line? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What is his line? Do you remember the scene? You know, I don't. The only thing I remember at the moment is just the end where he takes... Well, no, that's... No, in Tombs. Oh, he does say something in Tombs. He's in Skinner's office. Yeah. And Skinner is reading the report that they've given him on the case. I don't remember. Okay. Skinner says, do you believe them? And Cigarette Smoking's man says, of course I do. So, in Born Again... Oh, no. What is the decoration in the aquarium? Oh, it's a, um... It's a diver. It is a diver. Yeah. All right, and question five for this week. What is the name of the storage facility in the Erlenmeyer flask? And this is the storage facility where the men are in the tank. (laughs) Is this the part where I get to do Abby's line if we're not these people? (laughs) It starts with a Z. Uh, it's, It's so, like, I can actually almost see it in my head, but I can't. No, I won't get it. Zeus storage. Oh, Zeus storage. Which I think, okay. isn't this the one where it's the address is something Pandora Street? I'm pretty sure Poss- it is. Possibly. That would have been a good question too, but... Yeah. Well, I got... How many did I, did I get? Three? You got two. You got you got EBE and you got Born Again, the diver in the aquarium. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, well done. All right, we're going to wrap it up there for this week. Uh, Tiffany, thank you very, very much for being here again with me. Thank you for having me. And um, obviously, everybody go and check out xfilesnews.com. It might even be relaunched by the time uh, this podcast goes out. Fingers crossed. Uh, Tiffany, is there anywhere else people can go to get in touch with you other than through xfilesnews.com? Sure. We have, of course, the website, xfilesnews.com. You can find us on Twitter, at xfilesnews. Uh, you can reach my personal Twitter, which is at T Deval, D E V O L. And of course, Avi, which is at Avi Quijada, Q U I J A D A. Um, and of course, you know, our Facebook, our Tumblr, our Instagram, we're kind of, e- we're, we're everywhere. And uh, if you want any more in- information on the show or on me personally, you can go to xfilestalkxfiles.com, no hyphens in that. Uh, you can also uh, find me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm David T. Howard on both of those. Um, and let me know what you think of the show so far. If you have any questions for us, yeah. uh, any sort of feedback at all, we would love to they hear should- it. They should tweet questions for upcoming episodes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I was thinking somewhere go. down the road, we've got to have something where we just get, we solicit questions. Yeah, so yeah. If they you want to can... start doing that now, go ahead. 
Yeah, they can yell at us for missing, well, us being me this week, for missing half the questions and then pose some questions of their own. I'll tell you what, uh, listeners out there, um, start sending us some questions for season three episodes because by the time this episode goes out, we'll probably maybe have recorded most of yeah. our season two. So start sending us some season three and beyond yes. questions. Uh, that would be a big help for me and I can be even lazier than I am now. <laughs> and maybe I'll, maybe they're easier than yours. You never know. Maybe. I, you know, if they listen to this podcast, probably not. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> no, your, yours aren't really hard. I'm just horribly unprepared for season one. I, I feel like, you know, season three, I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to get more of this. We'll see. I'm going to have to, like, super study for season two now. Yes, you will. Thank you, <laughs> Tiffany. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please join us again next week when we're going to do uh, the start of season two. We're going to do Little Green Men all the way through to One Breath. Uh, so until then, I'm off to study for my exits of the Pentagon exam. Take care. But I've seen none of the above If I did